0: Hey yo, my intro's not working. So welcome to Jay Is for Justice. My name is Jay. I'm your host today. And welcome to my channel. If you are new here, please consider subscribing. And if you like my videos, please give them a thumbs up. So welcome today. Um we had Barry Morphew in court yesterday for day one of his preliminary hearing. So let me say hi for a minute to the moderators. Rose and who else o'reilly oh, thank you for becoming a member appreciate you rose you're the only mod on it what's up capri i'm glad you found your pants. hey amy all right you guys let's get right into it um there's a lot of info just in day one so we're on day one this is day two now they're gonna be starting here shortly of a four-day prelim and at the end of the four days is when they will decide a judge will decide if hey what's up jenny if he will go to trial and it sounds like it should be very interesting so thank you jenny and brunch for joining my wrenches okay so we're in chafee county colorado and at Monday's preliminary hearing, Barry was with both of his attorneys, Drew Nielsen and Iris Aiton. I think I'm saying that correctly. His mother was there, his two daughters, and Suzanne's friend from her time in Salida were also present. District attorneys Jeff Lindsay, Linda Stanley, and Mark Halbert were were. They're making up the prosecution side. So these details are courtesy of ABC News. So thank you, ABC News, for giving us this rundown. The first witness called was Chafee County Sheriff's Office Commander Alexander Walker. When questioned by 11th Judicial District Attorney Linda Stanley, he said that Suzanne was reported missing on May 10th, 2020, at 5.38 p.m., Walker said he was unable to reach Barry. When Walker contacted one of the daughters, she told him she had not received a response after sending her mother a Happy Mother's Day text. Chafee County Deputy Brown first spoke with Barry that day at 7.10 p.m. That day, authorities discovered Suzanne's bike at County Road 225 and Highway 50. It was found on the side of 225 there was no damage to the bicycle Walker said no skid marks or blood on the road. Body camera video from that discovery was played in court and the deputies can be heard yelling Suzanne's name as they walked through the rough terrain at dusk her bike was laying sideways on a very steep hill when they found it surrounded by thick aspen and fir trees. There was not a visible trail in the immediate area. Sorry, I had to get a drink of my coffee. When authorities reached the Morphew home that day, Miles Harvey, a boyfriend of one of the Morphew daughters was walking out of the garage. (coughs) He told deputies that the Morphew daughters were not at the home and he had searched for suzanne there but came up empty harvey said she had never gone up the trail where her bike was found because it was a crazy climb with a lo- a large elevation gain in a separate body cam video a deputy asked harvey if suzanne and barry had problems and he said they had some in the past but called it normal husband and wife type stuff another body cam video shows deputies speaking with barry who is emotional and describing how Suzanne, how Suzanne bikes every day. He said he left for work at 5 a.m. when she was still sleeping. He's also heard asking deputies if they'd seen any cats in the area, possibly referring to mountain lions, and the deputy says not recently. Walker said the last activity on Suzanne's phone was from 4.23 a.m. on May 10th, 2020. Her phone pinged from a cell tower in Poncha Springs, which is about 10 miles east of Maysville. The prosecution then showed a selfie that Suzanne took sometimes, sometime before the morning of her disappearance. In the photo, she was wearing her turquoise helmet, which was found 0.84 miles from her bike after her disappearance. Walker said the helmet had normal wear and tear, But no damage when walker talked with barry the following day on may 11th barry said the couple had had a great day and evening on may 9th he called suzanne his angel since they were 17 years old and said they quote love each other to death he called the relationship quote very good and said they had been together for 32 years barry's defense attorney drew nielsen cross-examined walker on cross-examination, Walker confirmed the arrest affidavit for Barry is 129 pages long and took weeks to put together. He said they started writing the document on May 11, 2020. Nielsen said Barry left for work early on May 10th when his wife was still asleep. He later texted her to wish her a happy Mother's Day, and while he didn't get a response, Nielsen said this was not unusual, as cell service at the home is poor. Barry became a little more concerned when his daughters said they also had not heard from their mother. Barry told authorities, quote, There is not a more special, wonderful person in the world. End quote. He said they did have spats about him working too much, and he wanted her off a certain medication she was taking. But, quote, it wasn't like they didn't make up, Nielsen said. Barry did not protest when his house became a crime scene and his truck was picked up. He mentioned to deputies that Suzanne had been cleaning because the daughter's friend was visiting. And Suzanne had also changed the bed sheets for the friend. How convenient. Nielsen asked if Suzanne's blood was anywhere in the home including the bedroom with the changed sheets. Walker said no. Nielsen asked if it was found at any time in the investigation, and Walker said no. Nielsen said there was no evidence found to suggest Barry had returned to the house after he left on the morning of May 10th, with the exception of going back in with the officers to point out Suzanne's clothing. For 10 days, he wasn't allowed back in as investigators searched the home. Walker said the investigation was the largest coordinated law enforcement effort he has ever been a part of, with thousands and thousands of work hours put in and involving about 70 law enforcement officers. In July 2020, the CBI detectives began working again in and around the Morphew home. This search was extensive, with numerous items seized and hundreds of photos taken. (coughs) Excuse me. Blood was found on a tampon, but nowhere else in the home. Nielsen said with all this work, the drones, canines, aircraft, scuba divers, ground penetrating radars and more, the body or remains of Suzanne have not been found. Walker confirmed that Suzanne got a spy pen because she suspected Barry Morphew was having an affair. He said there was no evidence of that, but when asked, He confirmed that Suzanne had been having a two-year affair with a man named Jeff Liebler, as investigators found out, via the spy pen. What? The what? All right, let's take a break there and let's talk for a second. Okay, so the spy pen was bought for her to catch him having an affair. But in the meantime, she was having an affair and they caught a conversation recorded, is what I'm understanding. Amy said, weirdest part, aside from the spy pen, it caught him listening to Forensic Files podcast. An episode where a person went missing while biking. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe money? sally maybe it was i'm not sure i i don't know maybe a money maybe it was money motivated to see if he was cheating or maybe you know there it could be a multitude of things maybe she wouldn't have felt so bad maybe she would have made a move quicker i don't know i mean we don't know that's really interesting though amy p thank you for sharing it's very weird motive or an opportunity by her to set him up that way. The whole thing has kind of taken a little weird twist, isn't it? Dang. All right, so let's continue going with the testimony. Are you guys enjoying this? Can you hear me good? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I'm not too loud. Whew. Yeah. That's what's, yeah, Sally, that is weird. She bought, we thought, like, when we first heard she had a spy pen, that it was strictly just to catch him. Denise, but everybody loves the Gone Girl, girl theory. They visited the Gone the Gone Girl theory in the Watts case as well, to an extent. Whew. I don't know, the more I'm reading your comments, I didn't think that deep into this yet because I haven't even read all these details. (laughs) But hey, you know, (laughs) Denise, it would be a strange twist. Okay, so let's continue here. Um, So Jeff Liebler, let's see. Authorities didn't learn about this affair, meaning um, this is what's interesting. I did hear about this. Didn't learn about Suzanne's affair until November of 2020, six months after she went missing. There were hundreds of hours of phone calls. Hundreds of hours. WhatsApp messages and other communication. Guys, there's going to be so much digital forensics in this. Oh my God. The two met up at least six times in New Orleans, Michigan, Texas, and Indiana. And she didn't tell anybody about him. Walker confirmed. Wow. Leibler did not voluntarily come forward to help find Suzanne, Walker said. I, I get chills when I read that. I just read that and I got goosebumps. Gross. Why? Why didn't he come forward? What's going on here? This was her soulmate, love of her life. That gives me anxiety. All right. Law enforcement first spoke to Leibler on November 13th, but it is not yet clear what was discussed in that conversation. Dude, I can understand you not wanting your wife to know, but this lady's missing, presumed dead. Are you kidding me? And you're supposedly in love with her? Mm. mm mm What did Sally say? His wife or six kids? Ooh, Sally's got the tea. Sally has got the tea. All right. Um. Thanks, Sally, for, for filling in the gaps. I appreciate you. I don't, I don't like that he didn't come forward. I don't like that. That's icky. Okay, so after a 30-minute recess, Nielsen returned to cross-examining Walker. Nielsen read a section of Barry's arrest affidavit on the prosecution's theory, which included data from Barry's Ford F-350. The affidavit reads, as read by Nielsen, From 2.47 p.m. May 9th until 5.37 a.m. May 10th, he took steps to dispose of evidence of Suzanne's disappearance and death. Now, that was a quote from the arrest affidavit. So they're saying from 2.47 p.m. on May the 9th, the day before, and 5.37 a.m. May the 10th on Mother's Day, he took steps to dispose of evidence in her disappearance and death. There was some talk about the accuracy of this data in the courtroom. Then they moved on to some DVR cords that were missing from the home's surveillance system, which was not operating on May 9th. Barry said he never touched the system. Holy shit. When the cords were found and DNA tested, Barry and his two daughters were excluded And there was strong support for the inclusion of Suzanne. She undid the freaking surveillance? What? What? (laughs) Guys, I got chills, dude. What? What? Okay, this is messed up. Tell me, please tell me the DNA from that dude that was in the hotel room that said it smelled like bleach. It, the DNA wasn't one of his, was it? Okay, okay, right. Nikki, right. It doesn't mean she she could have done it. But that knee-jerk reaction, that's what I look for. Why would someone have removed those? So it was either Barry that removed him or she removed them, right? Or i guess not it could be oh my god i can't you're right sally it's a big can of worms but you're right reasonable doubt this is messed up y'all nielsen also brought up dna found in suzanne's range rover which was a male profile but did not match berries oh shit! it came back with a partial profile matching three men who were involved in a sexual assault, according to the Combined DNA Index System. No other details were provided on these three men. What? Um, No, no, I wasn't ready for this brunch. Sweet crazy though, they don't even have a body. They don't even have her body and then we've already heard they don't have blood what this is what dude am i the only one that's overwhelmed by this whoa and this is only day one and we're not even through it Whoa. holy okay so um in a brief re, in a brief redirect da stanley Asked Walker if Barry ever called 911, reported his wife missing to authorities, or helped in any law enforcement-led searches. Walker said no to each question. Stanley also asked Walker if he had questioned Barry during their May 11th interview about where he kept his guns. Walker said Barry told him they were in a safe, but Walker found a gun in a closet and a shotgun against a wall in the home. At the end of his testimony, Stanley asked Walker to confirm Barry claimed he left his home for Broomfield at 5 a.m. on May 10th. Walker said this was true. Stanley also confirmed through him that the data in Barry's truck showed door activity at 3.26 a.m. I think that we expected this to be just a cut and dry thing. Barry's having an affair. Barry's a cheater. Here we go again. Lesson learned. Jay is for justice in 2020. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to keep an open mind, man. This is what I'm learning slowly but surely. All right. Oh, yeah. Members, throw up those Barry throw up those berry icons all right the defense was denied a recross the second witness was Kenneth Harris and he was brought to the stand at around 11:30 30 a.m he is one of two FBI special agents on the case and specializes in behavior analysis he was questioned by DA Jeff Lindsay. Harris said in some conversations picked up on Suzanne's spy pen. You could hear her and Barry arguing about money. I knew it. It was money. It's always money. It's always freaking money. Right, Amy P. I'm with you, girl. She was also heard accusing him of telling her what she can do and what she can wear lordy 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 after oh all right another recording picked up a five hour conversation with jeff leibler okay is this supposed to be recorded like on accident for five hours the fuck what? but wait a minute wait a minute rose don't jump to conclusions what if we, we, we you got to listen to that though it didn't say that he told her what to wear and he told her what to do she was heard accusing him of that those are two different things in those recordings it wasn't barry saying you can't wear that it was her accusing him two different things and that is what makes it such a messed up twist hey jane aka smurfette okay oh boy okay so there had to be a lot in the five hours i can't even imagine um and it was at that point in the five-hour call that investigators realized there was an affair involved the prosecution then brought up screenshots of texts between suzanne and her friend of 30 years sheila oliver in the text suzanne said her cancer had returned in may of 2018 and her health was declining she worried her marriage was only worsening it. Oliver responded, saying the toll of the couple's fights was concerning. Oliver also said while Barry might, might have called May 9th a perfect night, she knew the couple hadn't had a perfect night in a year and a half. And then the court took a recess for lunch. Y'all, yes, what's up, Jamie Pointer? How you doing, girl? Good to see you. Her own guilt. That's why. Isn't that what happens, right? The, the cheaters acu- usually, you know, accuse. They're projecting. So is that the case here? I thought for sure Barry was cheating, man. I thought Barry was cheating on her. And oh, my God, I can't even believe this is happening right now. What? And there's no body. And there's like, what? Shit. I'm mind blown. All right, so they're at lunch. I need to breathe. Can you imagine the chatter at lunch after all this? That was just the morning, y'all. That was the morning. (coughs) Crazy. Dude, this, this whole thing is giving me chills. Sally said she even thought Barry might have been covering up for one of the girls. Holy smokes. Mm. What if she is in, the, in another country? Dude, what if she dropped her helmet on the way out of town? I mean, what the... F- mm. I can't wait for day two, too. All right, here we go. After the recess, Special Agent Harris and DA Lindsay restarted the questioning. Harris said Barry would bring up their two daughters when he and Suzanne were arguing and then blame Suzanne. She lost respect for him when he did this, Harris said. One of their daughters who saw the fighting even said that a divorce would solve their problems. The girls wanted them to get a divorce. she says y'all are talking a bunch of trash it is weird though come on nikki this is a, a bizarre twist that i know i didn't expect you guys we can we can speculate this is so out of the ballpark from what we expected That's why everyone's mind blown and we're throwing things out there. Just do it respectfully. That's all I ask. He said at one point, and if you don't agree, just if you don't like what someone's saying, block them. And then you don't have to read what they're saying. But don't, let's not fight and chat. Let's just speculate respectfully. He said at one point, Barry put a gun to Suzanne's head and asked, is this what you want? He had also pinned her to the bed before. She said she'd call police. So this is still between, I'm confused right now. Is this still between her friend? See, Is Harris testifying between Suzanne and her friend? No, I don't mean, no, 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 April. I don't mean hide them in our chat. I'm saying like, I'm talking to just chatters. You guys can block each other too. Did you know that? If you don't like what someone's saying in chat and you don't want to see their comments, click on their name and block them. I'm not talking about mods blocking everybody. Don't block anybody mods unless they're being completely disrespectful or personal. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, I should have made that more clear. I don't know if if um, the chatters know that they can block one another. I'm just throwing that out there. Because if you don't want to see people, block them. Don't fight with them. Not here anyway. Fight somewhere else. Don't fight here. Okay, so this is still between Suzanne and her friend. This is t- this is info between them, I think. Um, Suzanne wanted to leave the marriage in 2019 and 2020, but wanted to wait until their youngest was out of the house, Harris said. Meanwhile, Barry was worried about how others perceive their marriage and always wanted to come out looking good. Text messages between Oliver, Suzanne's good friend, and Suzanne show that Suzanne was confiding in her friend about the failing marriage. At one point, she said she hoped Barry would find somebody else and leave. I knew it. She wanted to see if he was having an affair, you guys, because it would have made it easier for her. If he found someone else, then she could walk away and they could both live their separate lives. That's why she got the spy pen. It was to help her get out of the marriage. I really think that's what it was. That's what it sounds like to me. Because it's always easy, right? If your spouse or your significant other has someone else... And you had someone else, it would be a hell of a lot easier to come to him and say, I want a divorce. Haunted says she was building a case against Barry. So maybe it's deeper than that, right? What if he's not responsible, though? What if he's just a jerk? As Harris described Suzanne's conversations with her daughters about these topics, the young women held each other in court sobbing, or one sobbing. Oh, boy. Okay, now that brings it down to a whole nother level. So Suzanne talked to her daughters about all of this. And then as he talked about it and testified about it, one of them was sobbing and they were holding each other. That's really sad. They didn't ask for this. By February 2020, Suzanne and Oliver are talking almost every day. And the subject of leaving Barry is quite frequent, is quite a frequent topic. Harris said Suzanne was racked with guilt and wanted forgiveness from God. In text, she said she wondered what the young me was thinking. Her relationship with her daughters was the center of her world, Harris said. Harris then explained how Suzanne came to know Liebler. The two had gone to high school in Indiana and hooked up during the summer of 89 at a house party. Barry was not at the party. 20 years later, they hooked up again, Harris said. The relationship started platonic, talking about books, movies, and Suzanne's cancer. But by February 2019, the two met up in New Orleans and fooled around in a hotel. Harris said they did not have sex. They met up a few other times in 2019 as well, he said. They started communicating via WhatsApp and LinkedIn when Barry became suspicious. Oh, boy. Okay, so Barry became suspicious in 2019. Mm. After Suzanne's disappearance and once authorities tracked down Leibler to talk, he said Suzanne's marriage was not good. The couple argued a lot, he said, and she repeatedly said she wanted to leave. However, she also said she couldn't divorce Barry for biblical reasons. Upon discovering she may have been abducted, Liebler deleted his accounts because he said it negatively affect Suzanne's daughters. So, okay, let me get this... Let me get this rationale straight of of this Liebler dude. Okay, so when he discovered that Suzanne may have been abducted, he deleted his accounts because he didn't want to negatively affect her daughters. But he didn't come forward and he didn't care how that would affect her daughters. What?! (laughs) She won't divorce because of biblical reasons, but she's having a two-year-long affair? What?! None of this makes sense. Dude, I don't care if you have a wife and kids. You decide to have an affair, and the lady you're having an affair with happens to go missing? i'm sorry at that point it's no longer about you and your wife and your children right this guy is not a good guy i'm sorry Uh uh-uh nope there comes a point in a in a affair when someone's missing and he even says that he thought she was abducted and he still didn't say anything he's a dick sorry I hope that if Suzanne, I hope Suzanne didn't realize what a a jerk he is because that really is, that's, that's bad. Okay, but if you're scared, okay, scared of Barry, fine. Go to the police. I mean, for fuck's sake, the FBI was watching this guy. He wasn't going to get anywhere to hurt anybody. Barry Morphew was not going to touch a flea. From the point that his wife went missing until he was arrested, I can guarantee they had eyes on that man. And if they didn't, he had other people following him around. Mm mm. I don't buy it. Barry was not a threat to that guy. Mm. No, I don't agree. No, I think that guy, mm mm. I don't like it. Heather Howard? yes okay she started by noting that harris was doing a lot of interpretation of the text between suzanne and oliver harris said the interpretation is from what oliver said they meant eaton which is uh one of the prosecutors said suzanne seemed to keep a lot of secrets noting that the affair was not a short-term fling when eaton said it lasted two years harris corrected the statement saying it was actually a year and a half. The first witness on Monday, a commander with the Chafee County Sheriff's Office, said the affair spanned two years, so it's not clear which is correct. Suzanne did not tell her sister or her best friends about Liebler, Eaton said. Barry claimed not to know about the affair when investigators told him. He said he thought she may have been having an emotional affair, but not a physical one. After a brief afternoon break, Eaton continued cross-examining Special Agent Harris. Eaton said Oliver got a spy pen, which looks like an everyday black pen, and gave it to Suzanne when they were both in Florida. Officials found multiple audio files on the pen, which activates when it hears a voice. Eleven files were deleted, two of which were recovered, and eleven were saved. Some of the messages between Suzanne and Liebler were shown in court, such as, quote, Your heart, that's what I crave. Or, quote, I love how you love me. I love how you think. And, quote, you're the sweetest thing I've ever known. The two traveled around the country twice in 2019, Eaton said. They met up again in February of 2020. They were calling each other the loves of their lives, Eaton said. They talked about moving to Ecuador, where Suzanne could teach language, Eaton said. What? Ecuador. What? But her girls are the center of her world. What? (laughs) But no one's dirtying her up. This is direct testimony from investigators. Oh, Lord. Okay, you guys might know more about Suzanne than I do. Has she ever been to Ecuador? That we've heard of. Traveled around the country, right? She's running off to Florida with her girlfriends. She's traveling around the country. She's on the phone. I mean, there was hun- hours, hundreds of hours of phone calls. I mean, shit. He's controlling. I'm not buying it. Oh my god. Dude, I'm going to have to, like, decompress from this all day. What I've been thinking for the past year. Mm. Everything contradicts itself. She can't get a divorce because of biblical reasons, but she can screw around. Travel around the country with another guy and talk about moving to Ecuador. Mm Mm-mm. On May 8th, 2020, Leibler messaged Suzanne saying, you need to be my wife and complimented her biking gear. The following morning, May 9th, she texted him saying, we need to be husband and wife. What? Mm. Liebler said the affair made him nervous and he didn't want to lose his job or his family. He said he didn't want Suzanne's legacy to be that she had an affair, quote-unquote, with that guy. Wait a minute. Her legacy? When did he say that, though? Just before 5 p.m., the hearing ended for the day. Barry's prelim hearing resumes at 9 a.m. Tuesday. You guys, this is juicy. And you know what, I would rather get this complete update from the day and go through it at once than sit here and read people's tweets. So how about we do this tomorrow morning, same time. We'll go through today's like we did today. Is there audio where we can listen to it, Stephanie? I don't think there is. I think that uh, we have to wait for these updates. Yeah, I wonder too, Jimmy May. That was my first thought. I mean, absolutely, I'm going to watch, obviously, the the updates today. But tomorrow, I want to reconvene with you guys, put it all together, and then have a a full-out discussion on the whole day. No, murder is never justified. I don't even think we should have to say that. That goes without saying. Murder is never a justified ends to a means. We all know that. But this is insane. Um so it looks like they got rolling or they're going to get rolling here in about 15 minutes Colorado time. So um I would say tune into Lauren Sharf on Twitter. And I'm sure she'll be doing um, updates throughout the day. I think she did that yesterday as well. So tons of respect for her because she got confronted by one of Barry's family members, if I read that correctly. One of his family members, his sister, maybe, that came up to Lauren Sharp and said, are you Lauren? She said yes. And she said something to her like, you've single-handedly destroyed my family. Or something like that. so i think we need to show lauren lots and lots of love after that because that's that's shitty that's crazy she's just doing her job man i mean now this his family's gonna go after people for just doing their job get a grip be there support barry So I think everybody should go find Lauren on Facebook and on Twitter and show her a lot of support because it's not easy being in a position like she's in, especially against Barry Morphew. He's pretty intimidating. He's cocky and he can be intimidating. All right, Sally, I know it. Sally, if you want to email me... (laughs) Day is for justice at gmail.com. The way you're following this case, I love it. And I would love to have you on panel if you would be willing to do that and have some discussions as we walk through the the prelim and hopefully I mean into a trial if it ends up that way. So if you're interested in that, give give me a jingle up on email. A jingle? Oh, Sister Knives, I didn't see you. How are you? Awesome. That would be great. I think that would be great. Thank you, Rose. Look at Rose coming through with the links. There's Lauren Sharf's Twitter, you guys. So let's all go follow Lauren for the day, and then I will see you guys um, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern, right? that's when we started 10 yes 10 a.m eastern so colorado time what is it you're two hours behind right oh my god me me too jenny me too and and in the meantime while you're waiting for lauren's tweets i started doing true crime shorts that i put out tuesdays and thursdays every week last week i slacked this week i'm back on it i just released it this morning if you're a member of youtube You see those a day ahead. So you see them on Monday, Wednesday. But I just released one today. Go check it out. It's a missing girl out of Tennessee, 14 years old. Went missing from her home after going to a church party, like dance. Crazy. And I came across this online when I was investigating, or not investigating, but researching Summer Wells. It's not related or anything like that, but at any rate, check it out. Um, I will see you guys tomorrow morning, if not sooner, if anything else happens, you never know in this crazy true crime world we follow, but I want to thank you guys all for being here. And especially to my moderators, you guys come here and you, you give me your time and you don't have to be here. So I appreciate you haunted. If you want to help email me, email me, email me, email me. I'm always looking for people that want to be involved with the channel and want to help out moderating researching anything like that fresh faces are welcome so email me um and i guess we will close it out there so you guys thank you for being here and i'll see you soon wait for it you and your problems, I don't give a damn, you talk way too much, I have heard enough about you and your problems, I don't give a damn You're making plans to get to France, but don't want to face the fact that I ain't got time, I ain't got time, I ain't got time for that.